Hello, hello. You're listening to Twisted Wicked Crime with me, Christina. Warning, this podcast contains mature material and gruesome material not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. How are we? Oh my goodness. Can you believe we are on episode 48? I cannot believe we are so close to episode 50. I just love every day um, that I do this because it just brings me so much joy, even though this is such sad, tragic things and murder is just a horrible, horrible thing. But this brings me a lot of joy and happiness because it's something that I I loved reading thrillers and true crime cases growing up, um, all the scary stories. And so this is just really my way of telling a story that maybe that you've heard before or haven't heard before, or maybe it's a way of me telling my side of the story from what the research that I've done. And it's just kind of like me writing a story, right? Um, I love it. And yeah, so today I have a mini one today because I banged out researching and writing two cases <laughs> this week. Um, so I'm going to have too many episodes back to back because uh, this week I will be in Vegas and I will not have time to research. And um, if you're listening on a Sunday when this drops, um, that's why. <laughs> um, I could always publish it late, but I do know that when I publish these on Sundays, and I do have listeners that listen on Sunday. So I just want to make sure that I keep my promise to you guys. But I am recording real quickly before I have to get ready for my holiday work party. Yes, we do it in January. <laughs> we call it our year-end party. We're going to an Italian restaurant tonight that I've never been to. So hopefully it's good. Always got to love that Italian. But with that said, let's go ahead and dive into today's case. And if you are one to hate Mondays... Well, you're not the only one, because today we're talking about a big case of the Mondays and a very, very nasty, disgusting girl. On January 29th, 1979, after she just shot up in elementary school across the street from her house, 16-year-old Brenda Ann Spencer was caught and was asked why she committed such a horrible act. And her response was, I just don't like Mondays. Oh, that's chilling because if you see her and just some like imagining like she was just having a bad day, she shoots up a school. And she added to this, it just livens up the day. So it livens up the day to shoot up a school. Okay. So here's a thought. No one likes Mondays. I don't hate them. But Mondays do ruin my weekend fun. We all know that. I work a Monday through Friday job. Anybody that does, it ruins your fun. But you do this. You don't shoot up a school. You maybe grab some extra coffee, maybe wine a little bit. But yeah, you don't shoot up in elementary school. Grab the coffee, have a good cry, and go about your Monday. Is that okay? Is it though? (laughs) I think so. Brenda, yeah, you did none of that, and you did a horrible, horrific thing. So what exactly happened this day? Why did she shoot up this school? So that morning, 
of just a few hours before her interview on why she did this, Brenda asked her dad if she could stay home from school that day because she wasn't feeling well. (coughs) Excuse me, I got a horrible tick in my throat. Let me take a sip of water. I don't know when I start to do this. Like my throat gets dry. Maybe I'm nervous. I don't know why I'm nervous. You guys can't see me. Oh my gosh. So anyway, so where was I? I lost my place. Okay. So yeah, she asked her dad if she could stay home from school because she wasn't feeling well. And it's like, oh my gosh, guys, how many times did you play that? I don't feel well. I want to stay home from school trick on Mondays. Me, I'm guilty. 100% guilty. I would always fake sick on Mondays. Always. I hated going to school. Well, Brenda, why did you pull this trick today? Now he tells her, yeah, sure. And then he took off for work around 7 a.m. There she sat. Now, Brenda claims that she was under the influence of pot, alcohol, and other downers, and also suicidal this particular morning. So that's why she didn't feel so well. Hmm. Well, I would say uh, the alcohol and the downers, maybe not so much the pot. But yeah, that's probably why you didn't feel good. It's 7 a.m. For the fuck's sakes, Brenda. All that at 7 a.m.? It's, that's a that's a morning for sure. It really is. It's now 8.30 a.m. and she's high and suicidal. And this is when the kids of the Cleveland Elementary School across the street start arriving for the day. They were lining up outside a fence, uh, the gate where they would all line out up. They're just in a pretty little line. When the principal would come and unlock the gate, all the kids would head to class. Now they're starting to do this while Brenda is across the street loading a 22 caliber rifle. And she just began shooting into the crowd of kids. These sweet baby kids. Now, you know what? Brenda can hate Monday, but I fucking hate Brenda. Awful. So sad. Those babies. The horror those kids are going through right now. How could anyone do this to kids? Now, the principal heard all these gunshots and not even knowing what's going on and knowing where they're coming from, he ran out to try to protect the kids. He was shielding them, and in the process, he was shot in the chest and died. He died trying to save these little precious innocent kids that weren't his, but he protected them like his own. Like, that is just a true hero right there. And I hate this case so much. It's so awful. I'm sorry that I'm bringing this to you guys, but it's just I've wanted to do it for a little while. And it's ugh. anyway, the custodian of the school, Michael Shkar, Sukow, Sukar, Sukar, I think that's how you say his last name. I hope it is. I'm sorry, Michael. He was known as Mr. Mike to the kids. He also saw this commotion and ran out to them when he saw the principal shot. And he was like, holy fuck. And he was also trying to like help the kids. So he was also shot and killed. Heroes. These men are heroes. Brenda managed to shoot and injure eight children. Thank God none of the children died. Like, thank the Lord for that. But she did injure eight of them. God, those poor kids. Thankfully, the principal and the custodian probably really did save lives by giving their own because they probably took some bullets that some of the kids could have taken that might have passed. So 
heroes. I, I oh, thank God for them, but very sad. So police are now starting to arrive at the scene. Officers are like, what the hell is happening here? Brenda shot on to the officers. She's just shooting fire at them too. She don't give a fuck. So she shoots one of the uh, on-scene officers in the neck. That's brutal. So brutal. But by a miracle, he did live. So thank God. But still, she just doesn't give a fuck. She's just shooting anybody and everybody. A police officer was able to drive a trash truck and park it in front of Brenda's home to put an end to the shooting. And like, can you imagine if he didn't? Like how much more she would have shot in fucking sane. She could have killed more people or injured more people. She fired 36 rounds just sitting on her couch, aiming out the window like it was no big deal. Just chill. Now, when she does come out of her home after kind of barricading herself in it for a while, she's wearing the most casual outfits that you will ever see. And it's actually very scary um, what she's wearing. And I will find a picture of it and I will post it. Um, She's actually very terrifying herself. And if you know this case, you've seen her, I'm sure, in her eyes. They're so see-through and so scary. She's got the deadest eyes. Like, she looks rough. She looks scary. I would not want to be around Brenda Ann Spencer. Mm -mm, Never. Nope. Now, after she did this, she locked all the doors and windows and then barricaded herself inside her home. So that seems like the smart thing to do. Why do they always do that? I feel like some just take off running and others do this and this causes big old mess. Now the SWAT team was called in and they were given the okay to kill her if need be. And okay, that's okay with me. She shot at kids injuring them, killed two people and shot an officer in the neck. I, I applaud that. Like, I'm glad they gave them permission to do that. Officer Paul Olson was the head negotiator in this case, and he had to speak with Brenda on the phone for hours and hours. They negotiated with her for close to six hours. Can you imagine being a negotiator? Like, wow, that's a tough job. Like, I'm not good at lying, and I could never convince anybody anyway to do anything. I can't even convince my four-year-old to stop doing something. Like I, I'm invisible to her. Like stop doing that. She does the complete opposite of what I ask her to. So I could never be a negotiator. Never. Now this negotiation started at 8.30 AM and didn't end until around 3 PM. And like I said, it takes a special kind of person, especially with crazy people like Brenda. Six hours, like that strength he had to do that. He finally convinced her to come out, and he said, if you come out, I will give you a Burger King Whopper. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Now, you know this case. It's back in the, you know, late 70s, so Burger King Whopper was probably pretty something special. I haven't had one in a while, so I can't tell you, but, I mean, burgers are good. I mean, she was probably hungry after all that shooting, right? So, yeah, you deserve that just kidding. That's ridiculous. Like, no, I'm not applauding her for doing that to get a hamburger. But anyway, that's all it took was just a hamburger. And they did 
Brenda told officer, hey, my cat's scratching at the table or the carpet, so one moment. Okay, sorry about that. I didn't mean to like yell, but she was like ripping up the carpet to get out the door after she wanted in here. <sighs> okay. Well, anyway, so it, that's all it took. It took a hamburger. Now, Brenda told Officer Olson all kinds of things when she was on the phone with him. She was spilling her guts. And that's always funny to me when people do this. They just let it all out sometimes. Now, remember, she is drunk and on drugs. Now, supposedly, she tells him that the victims look like a herd of cows gathering around the ones she had already shot. And this made them easy pickings. My God, I have no words for that. I absolutely have none. That is the most horrible thing I have ever heard. You guys, she's 16, by the way. If I didn't mention that, I did. Didn't I am. Sorry, my cat threw me off. Yes, I did. I mentioned she was 16 years old. Easy pickings? Fuck you, Brenda. She said it was fun to watch them run around, especially the ones wearing the red and blue coats. They were easier targets. I want to rip her throat out. That's so messed up. After this, six hours and the promise of a whopper, Brenda surrendered herself and she was immediately taken into custody. So bye, 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 bitch. When police searched her home, it got even darker. Oh, guys, this girl. They found tons of empty liquor bottles surrounding the mattress that Brenda slept on with her father. Yuck. You can only imagine, like, they had one mattress and they slept on together. I know where mine's, mine's going. Is yours going there, too? Yuck. That can't be good. And there was also hundreds of rounds of ammo. I'm also really disturbed by this all, and this case is just, like, all yucky. Like, this case gives me the heebie-jeebies, and I'm sipping a lot of coffee for late in the afternoon because I gotta make it through my work thing. You guys know, if you know me from listening to this, I like to get in my PJs at like 8 after I put my daughter to bed, get some wine, some beer, and relax. I'm a homebody person. So was Brenda, apparently. So Brenda's mom didn't seem to be super interested in Brenda's life. So her father also was raising her alone, basically. And he ignored all um, psychological advice from professionals that Brenda should spend some time in a psychiatric ward. So, yes, there is that. That is fantastic. They told him that her behavior at school showed serious signs of being suicidal. She was really introverted and didn't talk to anybody. One kid said she was even kind of crummy looking, which, yeah, she did. She looked very crummy. He's not wrong. She looks like a bummer. She didn't talk to anybody. She kept to herself. She was just living in another planet. Because teachers would look at her and be like, Brenda, are you okay? Because she wouldn't like look up at them or respond. She was just gone. And her dad, you know, just ignored it all. He's like, you need to put them in a psychiatric ward. He's like, no, she's good. Like father of the year over here. Because that same year, they told her dad that she had issues and he ignored all that. She burglarized that school that she shot up and even shot out some of the windows with a BB gun because she didn't have a real gun yet. That's normal behavior. That's totally fine. She doesn't need 
any help at all. Ignore everybody around you telling her that she needs help. And okay, sorry guys. Okay, if Waffles comes in here and she starts scratching at the door, okay, be, you can quickly say hi to my people on the podcast and I'll open the banana for you. Sorry guys. One second, my daughter just walked into the room after I told her not to interrupt me. Okay, here. Can you want to say hi real quick? Say hi into the microphone. Okay, here's your banana. Okay, now go shut the door, please. Sorry, guys, I didn't want to pause it again because I'm right in the middle of a thought. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Life, guys, I can't get anything done. My husband's at work today, so it's just me. <laughs> um, Where was I? So, uh, yeah, her dad, you know, after all this, still would not get her the help. So after she shot the BB gun at the school windows and got no help for this, for Christmas, good old daddy bought her a rifle. I'm sorry, what planet is her dad living on? Yeah, you didn't catch that the rifle that you gave her for Christmas was used to shoot the kids. Because if she didn't have that, she might have not shot the kids. (sighs) Brenda asked for a radio for Christmas, and he got her a rifle. This kind of a case where you feel very sad for Brenda, even though she's a fucking disgusting human being, and I hate her with every fiber of my being for doing what she did, she really needed help. And I feel like a lot of this would have been avoided if she got the help, and she just, she wanted a radio, and her dad got her a rifle. That is just so sad. And when she was asked about this, she said maybe she was gifted this from her dad so that she could kill herself and get it over with. And that is fucked up and sad if that's how she felt. That she felt this was the message he was telling her by giving her this rifle. (sighs) That is actually very, very sad. Brenda has many claims to her life as as to what happened that morning. Um, Just like... (laughs) Hold on. I got to pause this again. What are you doing? Anyway, sorry. My cat's getting into stuff. I can't. I don't edit this because this is my real life. And I want you guys to hear my real life when I try to do things. (laughs) God, what was I trying to do? So anyway, you know, like I said, she has many claims to her life and what happened the morning of the shooting. So it's hard to say what was complete bullshit and what was real. But one claim she said she was sitting on the couch watching TV when she started to hallucinate. She said that she had been drinking heavily, very heavily, I should say, the week up to and the morning of. That morning she said she drank whiskey, took pills, and smoked pot that was laced with PCP. Like, holy how, like, like, how are you even functioning to shoot a gun straight? She said she was sitting on the couch, looked out the window, and saw combat outside. And this is when she began shooting. No, I'm sorry, Brenda. You told the negotiator that they looked like a herd. And they were flocking around the dead ones, which made it easier, made it easy pickings. You did not see any combat out there. You were the combat. You were the combat. You lie. (sighs) this is what she was saying on the phone, of course, and then telling them later that 
you know, she's not gone bad. It's just bullshit. I'm just so angry. Like I'm losing my place. She does later come out to say that in 2000 and um, she says this in 2001, not in 2001. Um, in 2001, she says that her father was sexually molesting her. And on that morning of the shooting, she thought that if she shot those little kids, that the police would come and shoot her, ultimately ending her life and putting an end to it all. Which is very fucked up and sad, and I believe that is the truth. I, I think that was her end goal was to get um, shot and killed because they did share a mattress, and there's no proof that this happened, but um, it's safe to say that that probably happened, and I do believe her on that part, and that's really sad what she said. It's a lot to digest. This case is very dark and has many emotions, but she was created this way by her father. And she wanted to be dead. That's just fucked up. It's a brutal one all the way around. Like you really want to say fuck you, Brenda, a lot of the times. But then you hear this and you feel bad. And then you're like, fuck you, Brenda. But you did a horrific thing. Like it's just so emotions are overflowing with me on this. Like it's all so fucked up. Her dad, of course, denied having any sexual relations with Brenda. (laughs) Of course he did. But he did get married to a woman who was Brenda's twin, not her sister, just looked uh, very much like her. So much like her that the detective had to call and ask why was Brenda out of jail because he got married to this woman while she was in jail. That is wild. So we can't say for sure if Brenda's telling the truth or not, but like I said, I'm going to have to go with they did. He did do that. And also stepmom twin. It gets a little worse because he married this Brenda twin a year after Brenda went to prison. And because he was like, ah, uh, she, she was her cellmate. <laughs> she was Brenda's cellmate. I forgot that. When she's a year younger than Brenda. So if Brenda's 16, now 17 in prison, this means this girl's 16. So what the hell? I can't with her dad. I just can't. Oh, this is so yuck. That makes her like 16. So yeah, you were definitely molesting Brenda. You were. Ugh, gross. Now he had a child with Brenda number two, a girl. So Brenda's half sister. That poor girl. Now she... um. The cellmate, uh, Wallace's new wife, did end up leaving Wallace with the child with him. So, yeah, yeah, that seems like a great plan. Let's leave the child in a dangerous situation. Brenda's mom even recalls that Wallace, her dad, did molest Brenda, but she didn't care too much because she didn't act on it. Because she didn't have any money to hire an attorney. What? That's a piece of shit mom right there. I'm sorry. You suspect this is happening and you don't help your child? Her mom was very absent in her life and didn't give any shits about her or her older siblings. Yes, she had older siblings. This home is just a mess and it's really sad. Her whole her whole life is like garbage. It's just sad. And like here's a thought. Maybe okay, like don't have kids. If you don't want them, don't have them. Okay, it's simple. 
Her father did continue to live in the home after the shooting. So there's that too. Yuck. And just wrong. Now he said that they shared a bedroom but had separate beds. No, it's all kinds of ickies. I need a shower. I feel gross. There's one bed in the police pictures. One bed. Now, during her time in prison, Brenda did go through some psychiatric testing, which revealed that she had an injury to the temporal lobe when she fell off her bike and hit her head, which could explain why she was epileptic, which she was, and she had to take medicine to help her seizures. So she could have had some brain damage there, people, which sounds like it. Now, it is known that uh, two times more likely that people with violent behavior have epilepsy. So she was diagnosed with that and she's very violent. So they're two times more likely to be violent if you have that. That is a terrifying thought to think about. (laughs) She had a relationship with someone while she was in there. Oh, Brenda. But they broke up. And then she got herself a prison tattoo because that's what you do when you break up with somebody in the prison. Now, this tattoo said pride and courage, which she has none of that and never has. So no, Brenda. But this is actually really sad if this is true because she told her parole commissioner that the tattoo was written in ruins and she thinks it was done wrong, but it was supposed to say unforgiven and alone. And I actually do believe that it was supposed to say that. And that is that is really sad if that's true. It really is. This is just one of those fucked up cases that I hate. It's like so sad she had these mental issues that no one addressed or got her help for. Now, this does not excuse what she did because she's still a monster. But she could also be like a really good bullshitter when she talks. So who knows? Who knows what's real and what's not? But I do believe she had a very crappy childhood. (sighs) Now, she denied um, or she has been denied every single parole opportunity. Thank God, because she needs to stay behind bars. She is no. The victims and the families of the victims who died have fought and outspoken um, at all the parole hearings. And like, thank God they did, because it's good to know she's not going to come out. Which is crazy because all these kids in 2019 are adults. And this was when she was up for her last parole. So she got one more chance to get parole and now these kids are adults. It's 2019. So this was just a few years ago. Okay, I do want to talk about the victims as well. Um, That's the end of the story on Brenda, okay? Um, I do have a little bit more... um, to say about her in the end, but she's done. She's rotten in prison. Okay. Good riddance. And I hope that when she does die in prison, that she rots in hell and burns a miserable, miserable life down there. The devil rapes her. All right. So let's talk about the victims and the ones who passed because they need their story told. This just isn't about Brenda. It's about them. And unfortunately, I had to do a more heavier talk about Brenda case than the victims, but I am going to touch base. So Wilford Sukar, okay, who was the custodian, uh, Michael's son, once asked, oh God, this is so, 
this is amazing what he asks. So he gets up and he said, my question is, will there ever be another boring Monday for her? And I get the chills when I hear cut because that cuts deep. This is at a parole hearing. He's saying if she's let out, if she hates Mondays that much, is she going to do this again? There's Mondays every week. Can we just not get, we can't get rid of Mondays. Like, what's she going to do if she has another boring Monday? Because she's psycho. Chills, you guys. I have chills. Principal Burton Wags, daughter. Burton Wags. Oh, what a nice fun name. Now, his daughter said that people have told me that I look like him, act like him, and my kids are the spitting image of him. When the kids hear this, they can't possibly relate to such sentiments because they never got to meet their grandfather, and they never will. And I have told them over and over again that he is dead and that he was murdered by Brenda Spencer. Chills again because he died protecting the kids. And I just hope that there is someone in my child's school that would do this, protect her if needed. And it's chilling to think about. I don't want to think about that. But, like, there's so many teachers out there that just put themselves before their own self to help these kids that they teach and care about, but they aren't their own kids. It's just great. It's a wonderful thing to hear. And I just hope that there's people out there in my kids' schools that would do that too. Crystal Hardy, she was one of the kids that was shot she said to this day that she still fears that someone is pointing a gun at her. And when she's just walking around as an adult, she is very still scared, which God, she probably went through a lot of therapy and she's still feeling scared. She has a wonderful boyfriend and I'm not being sarcastic because he's trying to help her. So he invited her to a shooting range and she went cause she's like, I think it's been long enough. Like this is going to be good for me. Let me get over this fear. But when they got there, she broke down and started sobbing uncontrollably. And they had to get out of there. That poor girl. She tried and her man is everything. He even tried. But even as an adult, Brenda is ruining their lives. Cam Miller, he was a kid that um, was also a victim that day went to a prison hearing and Brenda glared at him as he walked in. He said the look that Brenda gave me was enough to scare any young child to death. And my God, she is scary looking. California women's in state is where she'll be serving her next 25 years to life sentence. Like I said, the way these kids, not adults, overcame this when they were little and what they're going through today still. I can't imagine the trauma that they went through and the after effect. And they're just trying to live their life. I just think if her mom was there for her or her dad to get the help like he was told to do, that the shooting would have never happened. She still would have been a horrible human being and probably done something bad. Um, She might have killed herself. Who knows? Not important what Brenda was going to do, but she probably wouldn't have done this. Just saying if she got the help. I'm going to post the picture of her coming out of the house, like I said, and it's scary what she's wearing. And she is scary looking, as I've said several times. 
And this is just such a bummer. I'm sorry, guys. And there's a great documentary on this on YouTube that I highly recommend. You can search I Don't Like Mondays, Brenda Spencer, and it will prop up. I think it's like one of the first ones to pop up. Uh, and again, I'm really sorry I brought you a big bummer today. It's just cases like this need to be told. These children is just like, ugh. My heart for them. I'm glad none of the children died. I'm so glad. I'm so thankful for that. But definitely check out that documentary. It's amazing. I actually watched um, a lot of it to get some of my content. So as always, thank you for your continued support. I'm just blown away. I really enjoy bringing you ad-free content, and I will continue to do so. (coughs) I might add a donation button here in the next few weeks, just if you feel inclined to do so. But I do this for fun as my hobby. Like I said, I'm not making to look money. But, you know, I do link a way to support me by buying me a beer. It's called Buy Me a Coffee. If you feel inclined now, like I said, I probably do a donation button if you feel to, if you don't need to. If you're listening to me, that's support enough, and I appreciate that. So thank you, thank you. And with that, I hope you stay happy, stay healthy. You make good choices. Don't hate Mondays and shoot up a school, okay? Drink some coffee. And most importantly, stay alive. I will talk to you all next week. Bye.